God. Good morning, church. Are we awake this morning? Okay, good. If not, we'll wake you up. <clears throat> Lord is good. So we announced that we're adding four more chairs this week. Let's thank God for that. Praise the Lord for the giving. Uh, truly amazing. And it's a tremendous testimony, this building. How many of you have been out to the building already? You've seen it. The rest of you, you need to go out there. Don't let your first service or coming in that building be, you know, your first service going out there. <laughs> Amen? Did I say that right? <clears throat> Come out. Take a look at it and uh, uh, pray. And, and uh, nobody's going to bother you there. And, and pray for the contractors. And they're all working hard. So thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. Uh, so we're moving along with that. So thank God for that. I think that's all I need to make for announcement. And then I'm going to pray. Uh, keep my close to your mouth, please. Yes, thank you. We'll do that. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I humble myself before you. Lord, I thank you for everything that has happened so far today. And Lord, once again, I sense the destination you have for each and every one of us. Lord, I even sense people came here today. Uh, they may be okay, but they just, they need a breakthrough in an area in their life. And I pray you give me utterance to balance, to temper, but to declare your truth. Uh, today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I uh, have a new table here, thanks to my wife. Um, I have to bend over a little bit, but we have our four cups. And uh, the, I'm just going to continue in the series here. This is the third week. God's promised to, promise to you. And I had a clipping that I was going to play, but I decided not. Uh, because there's various opinions on the series, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, and some have various opinions, and anyhow, there's a scene in the second part, uh, the second movie, I think it was the Two Towers or whatever, where Gandalf comes in, and he frees uh, King uh, uh, Rohan, uh, King Thordan, and he's under a spell, and he actually casts the devil out of him. <laughs> Hollywood version, okay? Hollywood version, all right? Just bear with me. And uh, anyhow, I'm not going to play that. But uh, my point is, is that this second cup uh, is the cup of deliverance. Exodus uh, 6, 6, and 7, my text, the Bible says, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And our verse we want to focus on is this one here, the next one, I will rescue you uh, from slavery. Someone shall deliverance. Oh, man, Pastor Mike, where are you going with that word? It can conjure up things in people's minds. That's why I didn't play the video. Uh, I just, I want to give a balanced teaching very briefly here today about what I believe the Lord is trying to get across when we say the word deliverance from slavery. Let me just say this. The greatest mistake you can make with the devil and evil is to underestimate or overestimate his influence in your life. And some people just dismiss it and oh, I don't think anything about it. And others, if you burn the toast, there's a demon that's out there, you know, or he's in the Procter and Gamble, the two, come on now, the toothpaste. I remember that. Some of you looking at me, what is he talking about? It was, we, we had to clear our house in the 70s from all Procter and Gamble signs because they were demonic. 
and it was in the toothpaste. Anyhow, moving right on. <clears throat> so there's extremes on both ends. I want to give you a balance. And Jesus spoke about deliverance. A quarter of his ministry was deliverance and setting people free. How many with me say amen? And so our rescue from slavery. And so the big idea last week was you cannot be completely satisfied about your life and you have taken the journey that God has set out for you. And that was kind of our big takeaway last week when we talked about uh, that other cup. And how many of you know that God's ways are better than our ways? Amen? His ways. The Bible is filled with story after story after story of people doing things their own way and crashing and burning. And that brings us to God's purpose and plan for each and every one of us, which I believe this scripture in Exodus applies even today for our life. There are four promises that God talked about in the Seder meal and as he talked to, to Moses that still apply today. What does that say? That says that God has a destination for each and every one of us to drink of these cups in our life. Thank you for the one whisper, amen. How many know that first cup was the cup of salvation and you are to drink of that cup? That's being born again. And I, I've shared that, won't get into that. Uh, last week, uh, I tried to make it as basic and simple as possible. But those four, these four cups represent God's plan for our life, not just for the children of Israel. I believe for, for every human being on this planet, God has a plan. Can I get an Amen. And so we said that, you know, being drinking of that first cup doesn't mean your name is on a roster. No, it's a relationship with Christ, all right? And you need to drink from that cup. Here's the thing. You have 60, 70, 80, maybe 90. Some people think they lived 125. God bless you. I don't want to. Uh, but you have this time on this earth to, to decide, am I going to drink of this cup or not? You're absolutely free to reject this cup. Did you hear that? You could, you could just say, I don't want that. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in all that. I, I, I. That's fine. But you must pay the consequences when you breathe your last breath and you enter into eternity and you go before God and go, I didn't believe in you. Moving right along. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that cup of sanctification, that's salvation. And God says, I'm, that starts the process. God's plan and purpose for our life. And so I implore you today and I, I beg of you today to consider Christ. If you don't know him, consider the Lord. Take that step of faith. And we talked about the right foundation and, and how, you know, Christians, they can swing from one ditch to another. And we talked about the life enhancement gospel. And, and uh, how many know that the love, joy, peace, happiness, that all comes with the first cup? <laughs> it sure does. But we don't drink the first cup just for that. Because you might not have a time where there's love, joy, peace, and happiness in your life. It still doesn't undermine the validity of the first cup. Can I get an amen? Right? And so, so we, we're on the right foundation. The right foundation. You know, that's one thing, being involved with the Word of Faith movement. There's tremendous truths in that. And I learned a lot. But there's no theology for suffering. You know? What happens? Christians get sick. They die. How do you answer that? Well, you know, we're all supposed to live for a thousand years. Not in this life. Amen, but we will in eternity live forever and ever. Amen. So anyhow, moving right along. And so, so this second cup is the cup of deliverance or freedom. Uh, we have the cup of sanctification, salvation, the cup of deliverance. And uh, let me just say this. Freedom is a process for many people. Amen. 
said, well, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? You know, we know there's a difference between, you know, the first cup and the second. And once again, we didn't do anything to earn to drink from that first cup. It's something that Christ did on behalf of all of us. But just because he did that, just because he provided, watch this, the opportunity for the drink of this cup, you might not this life. You may reject it. See, you have an action. You, there's some work you have to do to receive Christ in your life. All right, he's just not out there and just some this ambiguous. There's something you do to receive Christ in your life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believe. <clears throat> he said, you can't take any credit for this. Isn't that true? It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Right? But so none of us can boast. I can't boast. None of us can boast. It's salvation. He saved us. But we still have a choice. Faith is action. Faith is decision. It's not just going wandering and go, well, the big man's upstairs and I don't know. He's in my life. I don't know. You have to have action in those words. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raises Christ from the dead, raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. So there's an action to receive that gift. You invite God into your life. Some of you, this is totally new for many believers to go, why is he rehashing that? Because some people have never heard this, this way. And they're just told that, well, God loves you all. Well, okay, that's nice. <laughs> you know, the devils believe in him, but they're not making it. There's got to be some distinction, all right? You are converted. You are born again. You're saved. And we, since day one we started this church, we've preached and taught that, and we will never uh, divert from that. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So some of you are starting to wake them up, waking up here now. And so here's the thing. Salvation takes care of eternity in an instant. Yes. Just like that. Amen? In an instant. But the cuff of deliverance, the second cup, watch this, can determine the type and quality of life we have on earth, whether we drink of this or not. <laughs> so we see we have a choice. There's always a choice that God gives us as we grow in spiritual maturity. And so deliverance, watch this, this is important. Deliverance requires maturity. Let me say this way. Deliverance requires community within the body of Christ. That's the local church. So this smacks right in the face of you saying, I feel God out on the fishing boat all by myself. Oh, come on now. I, you may. And you really may hear from the Lord comforting you and helping you just in the moment or you're out in the woods and, and that's your church. But you are isolated from other believers. You're deceived. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's deception, because why? Deliverance, freedom happens, we're in context with others. I'm a better person today, I haven't arrived, because of the community of the local church. The brothers and sisters in my life, helping me, keeping me accountable, growing me, challenging me. And then see, the devil doesn't like that. He wants to cut you off. Hear me? There are untold, the landscape is littered with Fallen believers. So do they love the Lord? Well, yeah, but they're agonizing, they're hurt, they're offended. Some pastor said this, listen, if you come to harvest, I will offend you sometime. I don't mean to. I don't want to, but God will. Has God ever offended you? He's offended me. So that's that, you know, but we, we, you know, offenses come, all right? We don't want the enemy to sidetrack us and allow a spirit of offense to get us away from what God has for our life. And that's the community of believers. Are you still here this morning? 
All right. So it's a process. It's a process. Uh, we're a three-part being. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. It says, may your spirit, soul, and body be complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think there's a slide for that. Spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> there it is. And so we're made up of three-part being. Here's the thing. Your spirit man, watch this, or your spirit woman will live forever. That's what lives forever. And so that's why you say, well, why are you in the ministry, Pastor Mike? Well, number one, it's a call. God called me to this place, but it's, I can't think of anything other great, greater on this earth to be about than the eternal souls of people in their lives. I mean, you can make billions of dollars. You can be known as the most wealthiest person in all the world, but you can die and go to hell. Gain the whole world and lose your soul. And so, so when you think of God's kingdom, you think of the local church, it's the most important thing you can be a part of. Some of you may have never heard that. Like, I never heard that in my life. I go to church, I fall asleep. Well, hopefully not here. Amen? So your spirit man, your spirit woman will live forever. And see, the beauty is God has provided that first cup for you to live with him. <laughs> all this chaos going on, all, this is a vapor. Come on now. It's a vapor. In 10,000 years from now, I would imagine every single one of us are going to be gone. If the Lord tarries, right? This is a vapor. This moment, 100,000 years. Let's just try a trillion years from now. We're going to be with the Lord. And some of you go, I do rem I remember that time I was really going something difficult. Oh, I was 38 and, you know, a million years from now, we'll be with the Lord. Amen. You just got to have the right perspective, heaven's perspective. So our human spirit, that's the part that's like God. That's the part that was sin came in after the fall. And that is what needs to be redeemed. And it's done in an instant when we drink of that first cup. However, here's the thing. I got a slide for this. We can be free spiritually and committed to following Jesus and living for God yet still act like slaves. You could put in a bum, you could put a heathen, I don't know, whatever, a drunk, I, you fill in the blank. We, I just put slaves because you know what, so that's what happens. Uh, old habits and sinful behaviors, somebody say amen, right? And, and so here's the thing, uh, God desires, uh, desires us all to also drink of this second cup of deliverance and freedom. Now, let me just quickly interject I grew up, uh, it was, it, I was born in 1964, you could do the calculations, and I, at around 12, 13, 14, back in the mid to late 70s, I'm dating myself now, some of you weren't even born then, but there was a outpouring on the body of Christ of the deliverance ministry. How many know what I'm talking about? Two hands go up. Okay. <laughs> this happened. And so as a young boy, I grew up and my parents had deliverance night. Deliverance night was where you had bucket deliverance. I'm, I'm just telling you what we were part of. And the bucket deliverance was, you know, we'd, we'd believers get around you and go, you know what? That girl's got a devil. All right, let's cast that devil out. So she was, I'm serious, scheduled to get delivered on a Friday night. But you had to make sure you had red carpet because red carpet was symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Come on. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not joking. And it, thank God that we need to grow up in Christ. Amen. 
So, but uh, we prayed and then we had cast the devil out. And and now uh, some of you are getting like, okay, where's he going, Pastor Mike? And, 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 and sometimes it'd be hours, sometimes it'd be two, three in the morning. I seen so many of the most bizarre things as a teenage. I, <laughs> I mean, but I'm glad I did because I learned a lot. And I know that, you know what? The devil is defeated. I said, the devil is defeated. And so at that time, I mean, when you talk about deliverance, sounds like something out of a horror movie or a wilderness scene in the back of the woods of Arkansas. Both of them are equally scary. Uh, but it was like, you know, spiritual warfare, counselors, exorcists, uh, freedom. Uh, all of these ministries started. And uh, if you needed to shed bad habits or whatever, and uh, maybe there was uh, physical illnesses or idols in your life or addictions, it was the devil. Everything was the devil. And uh, you got to get that cast out. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Deliverance isn't just for people with demons. Now, do I believe demons exist? Absolutely. Because here's the thing. The devil does not want you to know he exists. That's not to scare you. How many of you know that he's defeated? He was defeated on that cross 2,000 years ago. And he has no legal hold in your life if you don't let him. Amen. Bible says he's got to flee. He's got to run. All right. But he says, the Bible says he walks around seeking whom he may devour. So the question is, is he devouring you? Mm. Just, just throw that out there. So, uh, uh, so we're a part of this. And, you know, there was the argument about, uh, is, can Christians be possessed? No, their spirit is saved. Well, can they be, you know, obsessed and with the demons or, or can they be oppressed and, and whatever? Listen, everywhere Jesus went, the devil popped up everywhere. everywhere he went. Now you would think that if they hated him, which they did, and they wanted no part of the kingdom of darkness, anywhere he'd go, he would get away. But they wanted to know what he was doing on this earth, the son of God. And they were intrigued. And so they would be in the synagogue slash church. They would be in the church popping up and manifesting, screaming, and Jesus would take authority, cast the devil out, free them. Some of it was directly tied to sickness or a disease or whatever, and, but not all instances are that way. Now, I know I'm getting a little bit off deep right here, but I'm trying to just share a little bit of my background. But here's the thing about deliverance, and um, <clears throat> let me just say this. Deliverance is for anyone struggling with their sinful nature. Come on. I'm just being, now, that doesn't mean you got to get uh, people ambush you in a bucket, all right? And we're not talking about that, no. But watch this, deliverance, it's for people whose past keeps limiting their future. In other words, deliverance is for everyone. I don't know about you, when I came to Christ, I wasn't all fit and tied and ready to go. I, 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 there are things in my life I need to be set free and, and ongoing deliverance. And someone once said, only humility will get you out of what pride got you into. Isn't that right? And a lot of times our pride gets us into things that we have to humble ourselves to say, you know what, I recognize I have an addiction in this area or I am not free or you know what, this really is, and it keeps me in bondage. How many still with me say amen? Yeah. How many know people today, they still have messed up thinking even after they're saved? You see, see stuff in the news or whatever, or they claim to be religious zealots or whatever, and like, okay, wait a minute, that's not the nature of God. That's not the kingdom of God going to do that, right? And so, and so we need to be delivered from old mindsets, things that cling to the past. And so, yes, it's true. Many believers, they're en route to heaven. Heaven is their home, but they're still plagued by 
the flesh. And, and we always will be in this shell. Uh, and I'll, I'll share a verse with you in a moment with that. But selfish habits and addictions and sinful attitudes. And so just like the Israelites, they, they, we too today need to drink of that promised cup of deliverance um, if we're going to move into what God has for us today. Can I get an amen? And so, so once again, deliverance, it's different than salvation. Salvation takes care of our eternity, but deliverance determines our quality of life while we're still on earth. And God has called us to have a higher quality of life. Amen? So, so here's the good news. When God saves us, watch this. He forgives you of everything you have ever done. I want that to soak in because people carry all kind of baggage that nobody knows about. He forgives you and the slate is clean. Can you say amen? But uh, uh, often our attitudes and uh, the sins linger on and, and, and for many people they're haunted by memories and pains of the past and and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they wonder, God, where are you? Just because at times God seems silent doesn't mean he's absent. And uh, you have to be intentional to drink of this cup. You have to be intentional of your life to, to, to get into discipleship. Are you with me this morning? You have to be intentional about that. You can't just show up at church and go like, okay, what's up today? Good and leave. You have to be intentional to get involved in the community of faith with the believers. Grow yourself. Be a part of lead. Be a part of these life groups that are going on. Plug in. Serve. People get to know you. You will look back at your life and you go, what? this has been the greatest time of my whole life. I've had ups and downs and difficulties, but without church and without the community of believers, I wouldn't have made it. That's the kingdom of God. That's how God planned it. Can I get an amen? And so, and so what happens is, uh, we don't want to throw this up. God didn't save us only to have us settle for less than his best. Amen? He has. And so, so the, the cup of deliverance in many ways can close the door on yesterday once and for all. How does that happen? By, by helping us to be, to be whole, to be complete. It doesn't mean that, 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 Everything that has happened is wiped away in the sense of you forget it. No, but God washes you and cleanses you. But how many know that you can still kind of walk with a limp, if I can say that way, from, from an illustration in the Old Testament where, you know, uh, uh, Isaac, he wrestled, uh, 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 Jacob wrestled with the angel and his name uh, became Israel. And so there's things that scar us and touch us in our life, but we can bring freedom to others if we're willing to drink of that cup. And stop the curse. Amen? Why? Because the devil, he's out once again to, de to deceive, to kill, and to destroy, and to devour. So very quickly, a couple of things. Um, uh, how do we drink from the cup of deliverance? Just practically speaking. Pull up Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And I like this verse. Watch this. It goes back how the offering verse was. <clears throat> the Bible says in Philippians 2, 12, work hard. Somebody shout work hard. Oh, Pastor Mike, that can't be a Bible verse because that's works. That's not great. For by grace am I saved. That's right, through faith. But there is a conjunction where our free will, we have to work with God. So a lot of times we don't focus on this because it's all God's everything. No, work hard. To what? To show the results of your salvation. What? Well, I confess and I believe and I drank of that cup. But you still have to work hard at that. By what? Obeying God with deep reverence in fear. That's holy fear, not being terrorized. For God is what? He's working in you. There's that work. He is working in you, giving you the desire. See, before Christ, 
You didn't have the desire. But after Christ, you have the desire to do good. So how do you know that, Pastor Mike? Because when you sin, you feel bad. You feel bad. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? You feel bad. Why? Because that desire was to do right. And God understands this battle. The Apostle Paul understands it. We'll get to that in a moment. And the power. He doesn't just give you the desire. He gives you the power. That means the authority. That means the ability. Come on. Are you with me? The ability to do it. Actually, that word means energy to work and to do. Boy, the older you get, it's hard to have a lot of energy to work and to do, right? But he gives you that. I like how the Amplified says this. Pull up the Amplified, if you would. It says on the same verse, work out your salvation, that is, cultivate it. Bring it to its full effect. Actively pursue what? Spiritual maturity. Spirit, you have to actively pursue spiritual maturity. You just can't sit and just kind of be lazy boy like, well, that was a good message. I don't know, you know, whatever. You got to pursue growth. You got to get involved. Get in the constitutional class. Get in some small groups. Get connected. Get, grow yourself. Just don't be a bump on a log. Don't be a, just a tender. Be involved. That's how you grow. And you have to actively pursue that. Yes, that's in the Bible, and I read it. Amen? Amen. He said, well, I don't feel like it. Hey, your emotions will eventually catch up to your obedience. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Just take the step of faith and obey. Amen? So, uh, so practically, uh, uh, some practical, necessary steps that every single one of us can take today when we walk out of here. Are you ready? Number one, when we talk about freedom and deliverance, renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. That is your job. That is my job. Do you hear this? Well, I have this oppression in my life and I have all this anxiety going on in me with ever. Okay, are you feeding on scriptures to help you? Are you actively renewing your mind in that area? See, see, when the enemy attacks, if you don't have any word reserved in you, what are you going to fight with? I listened to something that was on TV or the History Channel. said That's not going to help you. You got to have the word of God to go, you know what? That voice I just heard, something's not right about that. And I don't believe that's God's plan for my life. That fear or that, you know, my future. And you have to speak to that. So you have to renew your mind. A couple of these verses right here, Joshua 1, 1 8 and uh, Romans 12, very familiar passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. When? Then you will learn to know God's will for you. I want to know the will of God. Renew your mind. Amen. Or you renew your mind. See, a lot of us, we come out with stinking thinking, but you know what? If you begin to renew your mind, you'll think differently. And if you go back to some of your buddies or your friends that haven't been renewing your mind, you just hang around them for a few minutes. You know, wow, whoa, no way. No way. <laughs> Where, no, everything that's coming out of your mouth is death, is destruction, it's horror, it's profanity. It's, come on, the minds are not re renewed. We are to renew our mind, and that is our job. Can we shout our job? <laughs> and it says, it is good and pleasing. It is good and pleasing. You know what? Every single one of you, watch this. I'm going to encourage you right now. You ready? Somebody goes, is he going to encourage you? Yeah. Every single one of you that decided you came to church this morning, either you traveled the distance, it may have been a struggle for you, whatever, you're here this morning, you succeeded. You overcame. 
because you came to come listen to some crazy Italian spitting and moving his hands, but you came to hear from God. Okay, and I say that with humility because I'm feeble and, you know, I got clay feet. But you, you, you came to worship the Lord. You came to renew your mind. So you're in obedience to this because you're here today, all right? And so other verses talk about, about that. Uh, uh, renewing your mind. Uh, don't be dominated by the sinful nature. Joshua 1 8 says, study this book of the law, the instruction continually. Meditate it on day and night. Why? So you be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You can't just take the step of faith and drink of the cup and think, okay, now everything should be cherry for me. You've got to work it out in conjunction with the power of the Holy Spirit. How many see that? Say amen. Second thing that we all can do is, is this, I, I thank God for confession, repentance. I thank God for the ability to be able to do that. You know, I've talked about this before. A lot of Christians walk around without repenting. They do stuff, crazy stuff, whatever. Have you, have you made it right? Have you humbled yourself before the Lord? Uh, no. What, you know, whatever. Uh, I just feel bad. No. Ask God to forgive you. See, what that does is you humble yourself. You recognize he's Lord. You know you, come on now. You know you transgress. Just Lord, forgive me, watch me. It's not sin consciousness. It's God consciousness. You're conscious of the Lord. And you're saying, Lord, I stumbled, I fell. And it's okay. Hey, if you fall, fall forward. Amen. Get back up. Uh, I said this, (laughs) we started the church. If you make a mistake, you fall, get back up. Don't just go back and be like Adam and try to find some leaves with Eve and trying to go hide. And I haven't seen them in church for nine months. Well, what happened? You know, well, I'm hiding. I'm hiding with leaves. Oh, man. Some of you are thinking, who is this guy? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So confession is used. Watch this. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. I'm just reading what it says. <laughs> but if you confess and turn from them, you receive mercy. Yes, Lord. I don't know about you. I need mercy. Amen. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults. You need to be careful about that. You need to have mature people. You should have somebody close to you. Come on, men. Amen. Somebody, women, you know, usually it's easier for women to find. But for men, you know, just out there all by ourselves. And, and so just don't let that happen. Have some people in your life. And if you don't have that, begin to cultivate that. You know, there are godly men in this church that can strengthen you other men. Did you hear that? They can help you young men, other men. That platform is growing. You will find relationships. Some of you will find some of your best friends in your whole life here in this church. Yes, right. I believe that. I believe that because it's happened and it is happening. It is happening. So God is continually to add. So confess to one another your faults, your slip-ups, your offenses, your sins. And not only that, pray. Somebody shall pray. So pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. So that's in the context of community. That's drinking of this cup of deliverance. How does that happen? You're with involved other people in the church. You're connected with others. They know your life. You know what? They don't see you going through something. You ask for prayer, whatever it may be in that situation. And you know what? They pray for you. And what happens? God says, he heals you. Did you hear that? There's a healing that can take place. Praise God. 
There's the restoration. There's a deliverance, a deliverance. So how many with me say amen? I'm going to kind of wrap this up in summary here. So salvation once again ignites our spiritual transformation, renewing and empowering our spirit, recalibrating it to God's original purpose for our life. And, and our spirit, our human spirit was designed, watch this, created before the fall to influence the other two parts of our body. Did you get that? So your spirit man or spirit woman at creation was the dominating, dominating factor in your life. After the fall, it got flipped. So what happened is where your spirit man or woman, it, after the fall, it got flipped to where the flesh took ascendancy. That's, that's what happened. So what happens is you're hopeless without drinking the first cup. But when you drink the first cup, the spirit of God comes in your spirit, man or woman, and says, now I'm giving you the desire and the power to overcome that flesh. So, well, when will we ever overcome it totally? When you die. <laughs> when you die, you can raise your hand on that bed and go, hallelujah, no more of this thing. <laughs> it's over. New body, new spirit, man, when you get into heaven. Amen? <laughs> hallelujah. So, our spirit. In order for this to happen, the body and the soul, we have to go through a cleansing process. This deliverance, drinking of this cup. We got to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in our life. Uh, we have to, to, some of us to learn or, or you know, uh, what God intended us to, how, how he intended us, if I could say this way, to live our life. And rather than just continue to be in a sinful state, you know what, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, but my dad's been an alcoholic, my mom, you know, an alcoholic, grandpa was an alcoholic, I'll always be an alcoholic. That's a lie. I'm just using that as example or whatever, whatever it may be. And so, Basically, we have to learn how God intended for us to live. Now, let me just say this, and because I started off a little bit about with deliverance, and as I wind down here, dealing with the devil. And, uh, in, in many instances, uh, there is no really need to, let me just temper this this way, and confronting the devil like kind of what I share with you, this whole deliverance ministry. Some people need that. Some people need the, the brothers and sisters to surround them and, and, and speak freedom, but I'm not talking about crazy, you know, all night, you know, and one time we had this one lady, God bless her, for nine months they prayed with her every Friday night to get that devil out. Well, when Jesus told the 2,000 devils in the, in, in the Gadarene to leave, they said, okay, and they went, okay? So, uh, you know, so the devil must flee. And see, at this time, what started back, started growing in the body of Christ in the late 70s was the Word of Faith movement. And so that teaching came in to where, wait a minute, we have to battle all night with these strongholds, cast these devils out because they don't want to go, which is true, they don't. But you know what? The Bible says he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them. So there's power in the word of God in speaking the word of God. The word of God is the answer. Amen. But you know what? The devil's a thief. He doesn't want to leave. I mean, he, anyhow, without getting, so, so there, you know, here's the thing. Things I believe can be cleaned up early or excuse me, easily by getting, uh, <clears throat> to, 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 by getting us to recognize and apply God's word, hear me, God's truth uh, uh, in our life, which, uh, uh, which would uh, remove the occasion or remove the, the ground that the enemy may have. 
So that's what I'm saying right there is the importance of speaking the word of God, getting the word of God in our life. How many see that say amen? And so, so the, the enemy has no ground if you don't give them. Simple, ABC. But a lot of times we do give them ground because sometimes we like it. Sometimes, I don't know, whatever. It's an addiction. It needs to be broken in our life. You know, I went through, some of you have been around here for a while. There was tremendous anger and hatred towards my earthly father. He's moved on to be with the Lord. And back in, uh, I went through many, many years of that. He didn't believe I was his kid. And it was just a horrible, it was a horrible. Uh, you know, when people talk about, hey, I grew up and I love my dad and all that. I don't know what you're talking about. That was foreign to me. I didn't grow up that way. He didn't even believe I was his kid and eight Italians in the family and, and I was the oldest guy and talk about rejection. Talking about walking around with that. But you see, I couldn't speak to that today if I wasn't free from it. Amen? And so I, I made sure I drank of that cup, all right? And I'm like, you know what? And sometimes I have to continue. It doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me now and then. Come on. Then I walk, there's still, you know, there's that. But I sure made it to where my son knows I love him. <laughs> All my kids know that. Amen. I reversed the curse. And so can you over your life. You have to stay in that bondage, your life. Amen. And so, so but what? I had to forgive my dad. There was times my wife would say, uh, we were living in Dallas this time. We'd be driving somewhere and under my voice, I didn't even know I was doing it. I was whispering, I forgive and I release him. Because I, I was so angry, so full of hate. And, and I, was, I forgive and I release them. She goes, what are you saying? What am I, huh, what? I just, just it, I wanted to be free from that. I didn't want that hole to be able, you know what? Parents that can say, I'll be careful what I say, but they can do things they don't mean to, but they can have a hold on your life. And it can be oppression over your whole life. You can't seem to appease them, approve of it. You need to be free from that. Free from that. And I can remember when I was, I was 28 years old, I was free. Free from it. Free, because stand there right in front of me, nothing bothered me anymore. You have nothing in me. Yes, I'm free. And, and I love you. And I flew him out here, paid for everything. It was in 2013. Some of you remember. Brought him up, sat up right near the front row, loved on him. He, he was, it was great. It was a great time and with my family. And he, he spoke over my kids. And you know what? God is a redeemer. God is a deliverer if you let him. But you got a choice to drink of that cup. Well, I don't know. I'm fine. I'm good, you know. Uh, I don't do this too much, or I don't do that. I'm really not addicted, or I'm really not. How many with me say amen? So, um, uh, but sometimes, let me just say this. <laughs> I feel like I always have to balance this. There are stubborn, wicked spirits, and they don't give up just because someone is aligned with the truth of the word of God. If you think of it, how Jesus dealt with it, they talk back to Jesus. They, you know what, manifested, and they put up a fight. This is the son of God. So don't, you know, think at times that there's not a battle. But victory, somebody shout victory. Victory is a daily walk. Romans 7, 21 and 25. I'm almost done here. Romans 7, 21 and 25. Paul is saying this. He said, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good. Come on. Evil is right there. Come on. I want to say good things, but I start typing on my Instagram or whatever. Bad things come out. All right, all right. For my inner being, I delight in God's law. Or I thought it, but I didn't type it out. Thank God you didn't. I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man am I. 
Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can be free. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. So the Apostle Paul, he understood that resisting sin, battling it can be frustrating, be very frustrating at times. And we know that it is a battle, but God has given us the, the spirit, man or woman recreated in Christ. When we drink of that first cup, he's given us the ability, the power to overcome if we choose. If we choose, Amen. Let me just quickly kind of keep winding down. I really am. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. The devil, he torments us and he whispers in our mind. And, and I'm going to just say some things that he says. He says, you know, uh, 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 who do you think you are? What a liar. What a loser. Uh, you're never going to be able to stop doing this thing. Uh, those are all lies, church. Those are lies of the enemy. And we know when we sin, we know we shouldn't have done it, especially if we're a believer. We want help. But sometimes we feel like, oh, I can't get help. And, and we worry what other people will think and all of that. And, uh, and for some of you, he goes, you know what? Some days just avoiding stupid is a win for some people. Amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've embraced that at times. But the devil is a liar. And he wants to tell you, you can't be free from this whatever wound or bruise or whatever of the enemy. And uh, Satan wants you to accept his label, his identity for your life. He loves it when people say, you know what, my, my dad did this or my mom was this way or whatever. or Grandpa was this way or you know what, I've tried and tried or, or whatever the situation may be. And I just can't. He loves that. He just loves you to just wallow in that. Everybody you tell. But that's not God has called us to do. Amen? He's called us to overcome. Uh, pull up this one here uh, about addiction. Okay, addiction is anything, watch this, we do that we don't want to do, but we can't stop. Uh-oh, keep reading, Pastor Mike. Can't stop doing it. It is any ingrained pattern that pulls us to false idols to escape our pain. Somebody show pain. A lot of times with pain, we don't understand where the root is. I had pain in my life and expressed that in ways, but what was the root? It was unforgiveness for me and hatred to my dad. Why couldn't you love me? What was wrong with me? What did, you know, what, what, you know, what was wrong? Hence started a whole lifestyle of just trying to appease and approve and trying to get approval. Come on. What's wrong with me that you can't love just the way I am? Because uh, I look at other families and I just think, you know, their kids come just the way they are. Oh, they just love them and you won't even look at me. What was wrong? I mean, hear what I'm saying. These are strongholds, but you can be free. Amen. I said you can be free. And so, so uh, pain, a lot of times we don't recognize, you know, and, and a lot of times we do things and we don't recognize and we don't want to do those things. But guarantee there's a root, there's a pain somewhere. I said there's pain somewhere. Right now, let me just quickly demystify this and pray. Okay, just hear what I mean. You may not do crack or smoke weed, but maybe you're on six hours of Facebook every day. Come on, somebody. So, talking about addictions here, I'm needing deliverance. Okay, you may not smoke or drink, but you don't think twice about overeating at every meal. I'm moving right on. You may never gamble, you're glued to the TV every night. Ouch, ooh, Jesus. Can't stop checking emails. Come on, text, Twitter, updates on your phone. See, addictions aren't just recovery group issues, but they are life-altering issues. Stand with me if you would, please. 
what are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? Just because you struggle with something, I'm not saying it's a demon. I'm not implying that at all. Actually, I would think a lot of us, it's just our flesh. Come on, fr fruit of the spirit in the fruit, Galatians 5, remember, remember that, the flesh? But I do remember the sitcom uh, uh, Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Come on, it was the devil. He always, anytime you get in trouble, it was the devil's fault. And I, when I thought about that, um, uh, I, I, I wrote this down. Many Christians would rather be known as objects of demonic harassment than struggling sinners. <laughs> and I thought, Isn't that true? Because see, watch, it takes you off the hook. Because it's the devil. Oh, come on, I'm preaching right. See, it's the devil. That, that, that devil, you know, and he may be behind it. I'm not saying he's not. But a lot of times we get off the hook and, and uh, uh, you know, we're a martyr for Christ now. You know, but, but, but you know what? That, that, you know, that drug dealing or whatever or that prescription this or that or whatever, you know, that, that, that sexual addiction, you know, what I, 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 it's the devil. And we can blame the devil, but the truth of the matter is, is our flesh. Work out your salvation. Amen. Some of you may have never heard anything like this, but this is the word of God. I believe this. For my own life, it applies. So, so we're not trying to get off the hook here. Amen? So, <clears throat> so let me just say this in conclusion. Don't allow the devil to lie to you. We can be free if we're willing to drink of the cup and follow God's plan and purpose. Get involved in community. Grow ourselves. Let other people get to know us. Don't be a long ranger. Drink of the cup of deliverance. Get freedom. Well, you know what? How's everything going? Things are going great. Your marriage is in shambles. Drink of the cup. Get help. But I've got awfully quiet in here in this full gospel church. Amen? Drink of the cup. Drink of that cup of deliverance that God has provided. Well, I can't be set. I just feel like I'm not set free from this thing or I'm tormented. I've got all this anxiety. I'm at, drink of that cup. Get help. Get other people involved in your life. Amen. And sometimes, you know, too, um, let me just say this. Don't relent. And what I mean by that is it may be a spouse or such that something's going on. I don't know. But don't relent. Don't just go, well, that's just it. She's just that way. And so I'm going to live my life like this. Or he's just that way. No, as a couple, hit that thing. Lean in. Okay? Don't allow the enemy to continue to take root. <clears throat> the process of deliverance is most often effective when practiced deliberately. What does that mean? Once again, living in freedom. Getting involved. Get involved in, into, into groups here. Growing yourself. Bible studies. All those things. Every head bowed here this morning, if you would, please. I hope you can see why the devil doesn't want you to be a faithful, committed member in God's, God's church. Whatever church you may attend. <clears throat> he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to, well, pastor, I've, I just lost trust. I've just lost, I can't, can't seem to trust anybody. You know, after your trust has been breached, trust again. It keeps your heart fresh and alive. Well, I could be hurt again. Yep, trust again. That is the place of freedom. Relationships are the key in sustaining your freedom. Don't 
be a long ranger. Every head bowed here this morning. He said, Pastor Mike, I, I really, I, you talk about these cups and back to the first cup here, this cup of salvation. And I've never really surrendered or I've kind of walked away. I've been embittered and angry and I'm backslid. I'm away from the Lord. Maybe you're watching online and you know, you know that's me. I'm away from God. And I just deliberately walked away from hurt, from trust, whatever. Some of it self-inflicted, some afflicted by others. Regardless, Christ is here to heal you and to cleanse you of your past. Everything, if you will receive that. With every head bowed, let's pray. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to get in step and in line of God's purpose for my life. If that's you, say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. I drink of that cup of salvation. Jesus, I give you my life today. Now take it in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, that starts the process by faith of the plan and purpose that God has for you. Now just don't camp out there. Drink of the second cup. Can you say amen?